You're listening to the Bon Appetit Foodcast. I'm Adam Rappaport. On today's show, Jada De Laurentiis, TV personality, cookbook author, and now restaurateur. Uh, we caught up with Jada at her restaurant, Jada at the Cromwell in Las Vegas, when we were in town a few weeks back for our Vegas Uncorked Food Festival by Bon Appetit. And uh, yeah, got some some straight talk from Jada about sort of successfully segueing from TV to restaurants, how she got in that game, and why Las Vegas, and why that was the one place where she kind of knew that it could work and that it would work. But before we get to Jada, we got a special offer for you guys out there. Do you subscribe to Bon Appetit, the magazine? Do you want to subscribe? Well, you can. A little trial offer we got. Uh, three issues for $5, our June, July, and August summer issues. You get three issues for 5 bucks. an apron, a Bon Appetit apron. That's kind of cool. And a summer cocktail guide. All you got to do is go to bonappetit.com slash summer grilling. And wait, wait, there's more. We have a sponsor this week, Chase Sapphire Preferred. Thanks, guys, for getting on board. But now, let's, uh, let's take a listen to me and Jada De Laurentiis. So, Jada, at this brunch downstairs that you just wrapped up for Vegas Uncorked, um, I'm pretty sure you shook every single person's hand or signed something for everybody there. Yeah, I probably did. Um, <laughs> you know, the thing is, is that I am always so honored that they come over and spend the money and spend their precious time with me in my restaurant. And so I feel like I have to give them something back beyond just a good meal. There's a lot of chefs and food world personalities in your position who don't take that extra step. Where where do you think that comes from with you? We have to remember, first of all, that chefs, um, this is a a new phenomenon. Anybody who got into the cooking world uh, more than 10 years ago, they only did it because they they wanted to feed people, make people happy, and show their sort of creativity, but behind closed doors. Nobody really wanted to be in front of the camera or in front of anyone, truly. They want their, their work to speak for it. Um, and so for me, as a very shy young lady, being in front of the camera helped my personality and helped me kind of, it was like therapy, it's really weird, but I, I was able to sort of come out of my shell through doing television. Um, but before that, I was always very shy, which is why I chose to do this. My family's in the movie business, and I didn't. I tried many different jobs in the movie business. I didn't like anything. What I loved was to cook, but to stay away from people. And so now I think that um, what makes this experience unique and makes it different than all the other chefs is that I actually participate and I force myself to engage with every single person. I am an antisocial human being. I do not like to be in big crowds of people at all. But this is consistent because I remember last year you were at our grand tasting event here in Vegas, which is like for 2,000 people and all the chefs. Two years ago. You more than any other chef there, and there was like the Gordon Ramsays and Jean Georges and stuff, and you were at your booth shaking everybody's hand, signing stuff, cooking, handing it out. Um, Do you enjoy that? Because I think it's awesome. I will say that I enjoy... I enjoy seeing the smiles on people's faces. And I enjoy their stories. And I think that their stories and... um, the just the sheer fact that they love food and they're willing to spend their time and hard-earned money in a venue like that, uh, I'm thankful for. Yeah. So that is why I do it. I think it's my way of saying thank you, but um, 
<laughs> it is not it is not easy no it's, to it's, do. it's, it's work and it's, it's it's weirdly physically and emotionally draining having to be on like having to be on for people constantly for, yeah. and smiling yeah. for every photo and also um for me it's the touching <laughs> i know you laugh but do you, you know i don't know with- that they touch gordon ramsay <laughs> or jean george as much as they like to hug and touch me and you know in a venue like that where people drink a lot yeah. and all their inhibitions <laughs> sort of gone um that's where it gets a little tricky um but otherwise you know i'm always so surprised and shocked to be in, a, in the company of these people yeah um both the fans and the chefs that that's my way of saying thank you. It's interesting. Coming to Vegas, we've been doing this festival for 10 years now and, and the five years I've been at BA. And it's interesting being around whether you call them food lovers or fans or whatever. I think there are times whether you're in LA in the industry or we're back in New York in the media and, and you become a little sort of inured to it all. But a couple of years ago when you and Bobby Flay did a dinner together and you came out afterwards or beforehand to shake hands and answer questions, I mean, it's like Lennon and McCartney walked in the room. Like people just get so happy and they had traveled here from all over the country and like they it really like made their day made their month made their year now you are you're talking about how chefs got into the business back in the day that you wanted to make food and you were in the kitchen and this and that and not in the spotlight you kind of did it backwards a bit you you know you had worked in a kitchen but you started off as a tv personality and then 10 years later you finally opened your own restaurant was opening your own restaurant always part of the plan, or were you like, hmm, maybe I won't ever open a restaurant? Part of the plan for me was to maybe reopen something like my grandfather had, which he was sort of was like a Dina DeLuca. It was called DDL Food Show that he did years ago when I was, I don't know, 12 years old. Um, and it was it was a food concept, sort and of like Dina DeLuca. Emporium, yes, yes. kind of like Italy, yeah, but on a yeah. much smaller sort of scale. So I thought maybe I could do that someday, but a restaurant, no. And, and grandfather Dino De Laurentiis, and that makes sense because some of your your shows are, you know, they're more kind of based in the home and housewares and lifestyle, and that could easily make sense. Well, the Italian culture, obviously, food is such a big part of it, but everything that we do, from the plates that we serve it on to the way we decorate the tape, all of it kind of blends together, yeah. right? So uh, that's sort of my way of showing people what my culture is and what my family traditions are. Um, but so none of it was really part of the plan. And yes, I came in backwards. No question that I didn't do anything the way that most chefs did. Most of them either have restaurants or had cookbooks or something before they went on television. Yeah. And I did the exact yeah. reverse of that, but which you... is why Vegas makes so much sense for me. Because? because? knowing Because people knew me as a TV personality. Yeah. So... She just did the air quotes, TV yes, personality. Uh, but well, yeah, no, because they, I see myself as not just that, but I know that that's what most people well, see me as, and that's okay. No, in Vegas, it's like you see the billboards of this performer and this show, and, and it is a place where... my family's in the movie business, yeah. so I thought, you put on dinner and a show, and but, that's why Vegas makes yeah. sense. But you must have gotten offers over the years to open yes. restaurants. Yes. Um, I would think, and I'm just going to be a little candid here, I would think that it would, if you were to try to open a restaurant, say, like in New York City or L.A., you would have been in the targets of critics and like waiting to see what, oh, can she really cook or does she know how to open a restaurant? I think that would have been harder. Do you, did that enter your mind? Yes. And listen, the um, New York Times food critic did come to my restaurant two summers ago and he nailed me to the cross, which I figured he would. <laughs> um, 
but again, this concept that I've done in Vegas cannot be replicated anywhere else in the world. It just doesn't work, okay? It doesn't work. And I would be crucified if I did it. And yes, um, why did I open Las Vegas? I don't know, because it makes the most sense for my brand. And I feel like I can really get maybe good at having restaurants if I can have a moment where I'm not going to be criticized for every yeah. single thing that I do. I would say, all right, so I had been to your restaurant twice before in this past year uh, and nothing related to you. I was just like, I need to go get breakfast. So I want to go have lunch. And what's great about your place, for those who haven't been here, uh, it's right on the corner of the strip and it's this great sort of indoor, outdoor setting with these giant retractable windows and the breeze is coming in and you can have breakfast and actually have sunlight yes. and air. Which and, is rare in yeah. Las Vegas. And I don't know. I kind of, I've come here on my own just because I was like, oh, it's such a very pleasant place to be. And and how much of finding the right setting influenced your decision to do, say, yeah, I want to do a restaurant now? It's everything. I mean, I, listen, I think good food is good food. But if the atmosphere isn't great also, chances are people aren't coming back. Well, it's, that's so true. People are always like, well, what's the best pasta you ever had? And I was like, oh, when I had this like... Uh, La linguine pesto on the coast of Italy with a glass yeah. of Pinot Grigio. And what were you looking at? Like <laughs> yeah, exactly. that's that's part of the experience. Food, Dude. yes, food is great. But if you ate food and you were in a dungeon and it was dark and musty and stinky, you might not remember that dish quite so much. I mean, part of it is the unique sort of space, and that is why I said yes to the space. I mean, there's, in my opinion, there's nothing like it on the Strip. No, I don't. I don't. I don't I mean, there are other restaurants that have indoor-outdoor seating, but nothing like what I have. But there's have. not a lot of them. Not a, there are a lot of phenomenal restaurants in oh, Vegas. Oh, for sure. With the biggest names in the world, from Alain Ducasse and Robuchon, you know, on down. Absolutely. Um, but a lot of them are in the casino, on the floor, you know, no windows, mm. no natural light. No. Um, and it makes a big difference. Um, how do you grade or judge whether or not the restaurant is being successful? By how hard Caesar's Palace yes. comes down on me every month. Um, <laughs> I mean, um, you know, this is a partnership, right? So yeah. it's not like I took all my money and I put it into yeah. this restaurant. It is a partnership between Caesar's Palace and myself. Sure. So I have to make my partners happy as much as they need to make me happy. And I always it's like say a marriage. it is a marriage. If both parties are smiling at the end yeah. of the day, um, then I feel like. It's doing okay, but it's a constant struggle. I mean, we do really, really well, but we could, I mean, as far as everybody's concerned, we could always do better. Of course. Uh, But, you know, we have some limitations because of the hotel capacity. So we don't have- It's a small hotel on the Strip. We we have 188 rooms. That is the absolute smallest hotel on the Strip. Caesars Palace has 5,000. So I don't have the luxury, literally. I don't have the luxury of having that many hotel rooms and that many guests coming through. So it has its limits. But I have to say, for a restaurant that uh, has 300 seats, I feel like we are- really doing well yeah no i think you're killing it i mean it's funny before the brunch today i caught you behind the bar and it's literally like you were <laughs> running the joint you were barking at this buzzboy telling this grabbing that and i was like don't shouldn't you be signing books or something and but your I know, point you is, told me to take a deep breath and relax yeah, yeah. a second and i said i can't uh, i just can't but it's like that notion if you want to get it done you got to do it yourself sometimes absolutely um so when you do come to town what are you looking for in terms of operations and staff and, and, the, sh- and the chefs? Like, how, you know, how do you make sure quality control? Well, first of all, when I come into town, I taste everything and I go through all the walk-ins and mm. all the dry storage just to see 
are the products that are mean a lot to me that are sort of the essentials to making my type of food, are they in stock? Do we have them? Um, so that's the first thing I do. And then um, I start to kind of chit chat with you know everybody, not just the chefs, but like the dishwashers, everyone, and see what the morale's like. Are we working as a team? Because God knows to run a restaurant, you all, front and back of house, they have to be thick as thieves and they have to have each other's back. So I sort of start to get like the feel of what's yeah. going on. You know, who's 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 fighting who these days. Um, and then um, I pay close attention to the plates during service, how they go out. Um, and I pay close attention also to the write-ups because everything is on social these days. Ooh, People yes. are very, very, yes, yeah, I know. My, my issue with the, this, and I have a lot of issues, I, I mean, I, I'm on social media a lot, um, all day, every day, uh, from Twitter to Instagram and all that stuff. Um, you might have a thousand people following you, let's just say as a thousand to start, and it's the 15 of those thousand who are really pissed off who are going to take the time to comment. Yes. Whereas the other 970, 85, um, are happy or, or just right. like, yeah. You know that, yeah. right? But when someone's looking on Yelp see, that sucks. to and get then, a rating on your restaurant yeah. and they see that you have three stars and you have a bunch of people angry at you for whatever the reason is, yeah, that's great. You can't make everyone happy. But I'm going to die trying to make most of them because people are looking for the ratings. They're yeah. deciding where to go. So it doesn't matter. All of that is, isn't is relevant if they're not going to come. So I'm very diligent about that. And, you know, I realize that there's people out there that are never going to be happy. But the majority needs to be. And so I walk the floor and I talk to people and I ask them, how many times have you been here? Where are you staying? How's your experience been? How long have you waited for food? And I also, believe it or not, I send people in undercover that oh, I don't wow. let them know. So you're not and afraid of you're not afraid of knowing what might not be going well. Correct. I'm terrible that way. I'm like, if it's not going well, don't tell me. I don't want to know. Yeah. yeah. No, I I, I oh, want to wow. know because I can't fix it unless I know. Yeah. I send people in and I'm like, hey, go have lunch, and then I reimburse them later. Um, all right. Let's <laughs> let's rewind a while back to 2003. Your first show. How did you make that leap? You had worked at Spago for mm-hmm. a bit, correct? I worked and, for Wolfgang. And you'd gone to culinary school. Going on camera by yourself, hosting a show is, is a big step. Um, did you get that confidence because you grew up in a, in a sort of an, in the entertainment industry with the family? Or where, where did that confidence come from? No, I, I did not have any of that confidence. Um, what happened was I started doing some food styling. Then I did something for Food & Wine magazine. Heard of them. And they, um, they ran a story about my family and our food. And an executive at Food Network who's no longer there contact me and said, you know, we're really interested in this style of food, but I need to see you on camera. And I thought, I come from a movie family. Please. I got this. I don't do (laughs) this. So I didn't do it. And then, nope. But why not? Because Because you're movies and you don't do TV? You're too good for it? Because Food Network wasn't like what Mm -hmm. it is now. It Mm -hmm. was like joke. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, there were like two chefs on it. They all wore hats and it was weird. And I didn't want to embarrass my family, to be completely honest. Yeah. I love that you're like Hollywood royalty. So it was like nine months. And finally, my brother did it for me. And um, we put it together. He edited it. And when my first season came, I maybe lost like 10 pounds, if that's even like possible. I was so, so goddamn nervous because I'd never been in front of the camera and alone. And I was like, who am I talking to? Who, what, who is this? That's the hardest thing. We do a lot of videos at, at Bon Up now and it's just people who are, it's one thing to be talking to someone yes, on camera. Yes, because you've done you get energy from the other yeah. person. And you can interact with them yes. and joke, but yes. to just have be talking to a camera that's and just- And be animated. Animated. It's a, that's a, when you look at guys like Mario Battaglia, how good they are 
who can just turn it on. It's like it's that's phenomenal. Not easy. It's phenomenal. And so I will tell you, my first season was horrible. My brother, who passed away now about ten years ago, um, he followed me around in between seasons. They gave me a season two. Don't ask me why, but he followed me around everywhere. With the Every, camera? Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. And made me talk to him. And I kept saying to him, like, this is ridiculous. Can you just leave? No. He would not leave me alone. Everything I did, I had to do on camera. And I tell you, it turned my world upside down. And the next season, I was a completely different person. See, I was going to say, I, I remember that first season. I was like, oh, she's interesting, but she seems a little media trained almost. And then and I, I wasn't media trained. Isn't that funny? That's they weird, wouldn't because, even spend the money on see, media training. <laughs> and, then, and then I remember seeing you on Today Show, and I was like, oh, wow, she's awesome. Like, well, so you, and, you, and you were sort of relaxed and cool the, and confident. Yeah. Well, and I'll also say that to, the Today Show, um, especially Matt Lauer, for yeah. sure, um, made me sort of break out and quickly think on my feet and yeah. answer questions. I mean, Matt... He will ask some tough questions. Matt will not let him, it go. I'm like, dude, like this is like this is not 60 Minutes. Like, no, you- <laughs> I know. He doesn't care. And it's a food spot, for Christ's sake. It's I, supposed to be lighthearted and fun. And I've the man done, is like, err, err. I've done grilling segments there. And Matt's like, well, how many BTUs is that grill? I'm like, I, why is that grill $700 more than that one? If it looks the same to me, what's the difference? And I'm yeah, like, I, know, I, know. I don't know, dude. It's a grill. Give <laughs> yeah, me a break. Yeah, I know. Well, and he makes you really good at your job. Yeah. And that is, between that and my brother, my experience just went boom. And overnight, I was a hundredfold better than I was before. And so that is truly how it worked. And I think the things that scare you the most end up making you the best. So what about books? Because books is a very different medium than TV. Yeah. What was your first book experience like? And has that changed over the years as, as you've done more? My first book experience was my book agent said, oh, I think we should do a book. This is after I've already had Everyday Italian for like a mm. year and a half. And I was always I was like, why? They can get the recipes for free online. What the <laughs> shh, hell do I want to do a book don't, for? Don't tell me. No, but that, that was my argument. I'm like, why am I doing that? Why? Who's going to buy it? Okay, so I go in uh, to a few publishers, uh, uh, Clarkson Potter, which is a division of Random House, who's done now all of my books, and I have eight of them. So, But the first meeting I had, the editor was like, no one's going to buy your books. Really? So we're just going to print like 10,000. You're lucky if you sell 10,000. And, and I just thought, wow, that's what I said. <laughs> I don't even know why I'm sitting here. And now I thought, but the other side of me was like, I'm going to prove your ass wrong. Because she said to me, you know, just so you're cl- we're clear here, you're never going to sell as many books as Ina Garten. And I said, watch me. <laughs> and lo and behold, sure did. So what? And we did not have enough books on my first book tour because nice. we sold out um, on pre-sales. So wow. I went on a book tour and signed Bobby Flay's cookbook and Ina Garten's cookbook and Rachel Ray's cookbooks, but I didn't have any books to sign. And then that all changed. I think that my first cookbook, I really didn't know anything, so I let my um, editor sort of really guide me. Mm-hmm. But it's still probably one of my best cookbooks just because it's so simple. Um, and after that, I started to realize, okay, I know what I want and I know what I don't want. And... Um, the only fight I've always had is that I have always felt there's one too many pictures of me in these books. And it's always been sort of a battle because the publisher believes that there should be many pictures of me. And I've always said, but it's a cookbook. So it should be about the recipes, See, not me. So that's been the main problem we were, over the years. I was doing a podcast with another personality, air quotes, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow a few yeah. weeks back. And in her new book, um, 
she was saying the same thing. It's there was a lot of photos of her, and she's like, "Yeah, I know." It's like my publisher says I have to put them See? in there because that's why people want to buy them. Yep. But I always want to put food pictures. But they say that if I don't put food pictures, then they're not. So it's buy the them. same story. <laughs> and this was happening, you know, thirteen years ago when I did my first book. So, so how do you? Where, where where are you now in terms of? And if when you're doing a book, how much, how many photos is enough? How many is too many? You know, do you feel? Well, I put about 25 photos of me in a oh, book. Wow. It's a lot. Yeah. Um, but every book of mine has been on the New York Times, so I kind of can't fight that anymore. And I feel broke, like if yeah. it ain't broke, I should just do it. But now it's like me and my daughter. They want my daughter to add it to it. So that's where I kind of have to draw the line a little bit. A few pictures of her is okay, but... Otherwise, no. Yeah. Books are hard to sell. You know, and, and, she, only- and she can write her own book if she wants to be all exactly. famous and stuff. She wants to be on the New York exactly. Times. Exactly. Bestseller list. Exactly. Kids these days. <laughs> all right. So we're doing our lightning round. Either or questions. Okay. You got to answer. We're going to give you about know, a dozen or so. All right. First one. Ready? Mm-hmm. Giada or Jada? Jada. See, that's what I keep telling my publicist. <laughs> yeah. She keeps saying Giada, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's Giada. I don't know. Well, and Tyra Banks told her today, didn't yes. she? Yes. <laughs> so there you have it. Tyra, Tyra was at the brunch today. <laughs> yeah, so in Italy, they would say Giada. In America, yeah. Yes. Anyways, all right. And here it's G, because that's pretty much all anybody wants to say to me. Um, omelet or frittata? Frittata. Frittata. How do you like to do it? Any technique or anything? Any ingredients you like in your frittata? Yes. I do uh, burrata. Tomatoes and basil, like caprese frittata mm. in a pizza oven. Ooh, sounds nice. Um, chia seeds or acai berries? Chia seeds. And in fact, I have a chia seed a parfait on mm. my menu for breakfast and for brunch that does unbelievably well, shockingly enough. <laughs> who would have thunk? Yeah, who would have thunk? Um, Barbera or Barolo? Barolo. Really? Yeah. I'm more of a light guy. I'm more of a kind of a lightweight when it comes to my wine mm, that's just I, I really drink a lot of rosés and whites but yeah. if I'm gonna have one I'm gonna go you're for you're gonna it. go for it yeah. I can respect that yeah. uh, you're a California gal yeah. pool or ocean oh, ocean really yeah like, what, are you... even though it's so toxic I still love the ocean <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which, which beach do you partake in on the... uh, Will Rogers okay when it's clean when it's clean <laughs> <laughs> This is kind of a dumb question. I don't even know if it makes sense. Flip-flops or espadrilles? I wear flip-flops. I really shouldn't. I should wear espadrilles, but I wear a why, lot of flip-flops. Why should you not wear flip-flops? Well, espadrilles are a little more feminine, a little okay. more girly, as then flip-flops are a little more sort of... Are espadrilles the one with like the rope yeah, sore? Yeah, okay. they usually have a tiny bit of a heel. They're yeah, a little yeah. sexier. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, you know, right. esp- I thought that was the case. They're a little more sure. elegant, and I see myself as an elegant woman, but I wear flip-flops. <laughs> there, there you have it. All right, going to your TV career. Uh, Jacques or Julia? Julia. Sorry. Uh, kale or arugula? Well, arugula. Duh. <laughs> we talked about this earlier. Yeah. Duh. You like a it's big arugula salad. It's everything. <laughs> um, Dantana's or Craig's? Dantana's. Do you go to Craig's? I've been to Craig's. Yeah. yeah. But, you're but Dantana's, yeah, and... Um, there's, a, there's a picture of my grandfather. And oh, that's so I, cool. I, I can't, you know. Yeah, Dantana's. Does he have a steak named after him or anything there? Um, no, but I'm hoping to have one named after me. What is your order? When you go, what, <laughs> right. 
for the listeners who haven't been, Dan Tana's is a classic sort of old school red sauce joint in Hollywood with an amazing neon sign out front, checkered tablecloths, and you know. And it's like meatballs and yeah. sauce. It's just, it's kind of like the West Coast Rayos. You guys have uh, Rayos yeah. on the East Coast, mm-hmm. right? Yep. We have Dantana's, although Rayos is much harder to get into. Yes. <laughs> um, but Dantana's has iconic photos on the wall. It's just, you feel like you're going back in time when you go yeah. there. And Craig's is fine, but yeah. it does not have the legacy yeah. that Dantana's has. Uh, That's all. And Dantana's has a state called the Dabney Coleman, which is awesome. <laughs> yeah. For, for, you, yeah. For, for you old enough but to I remember Dabney. But I do have Dabney. a hot dog named after me at uh, Pink's. Oh wow! Is that, and what count? is what? Is, yeah, well, what what's the toppings or what's <laughs> okay. on it? Do you know? Um, peppers and onions. Okay, <laughs> there you go. Oh, okay, it's Italian. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. Um, waffles or pancakes? Uh, waffles. In fact, I have a chicken and waffles. Make yeah. polenta and panchita mm. at my restaurant. So waffles. I'm sorry. How did you say that? Panchita. Panchita. Una probably panchita because it comes from Italy. All right. Another LA question: Fred Siegel or Maxfield? Oh, well. You know, Fred Siegel's are gone now. What happened? So they went out of business. So but, I feel like that's like. But there, is there still the Ron Herman one? There's on a the Ron corner? Herman, but yes. not Fred Siegel. Oh, okay, interesting. Yeah. I didn't know they, that whole. Okay, that's yeah. So uh, Fred Siegel, because that is really where I shopped. I couldn't afford Maxfield's. Yeah, Maxfield's, Maxfield's is so incredibly high end. It's a little, but like kind of weird, gothicy high end. Very gothic. A lot of black. So I'd say Fred Siegel. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. Two more questions. Uh, mimosa or Bloody Mary? Oh, mimosa. I'm not a Bloody Mary girl. I do not like tomato juice. That is just Ooh. grosses me out. Even if you're on an airplane? Wow. Who knew? With celery and oh celery God. seeds. Like, yes. Oh. yes. <laughs> Who drinks that? No. I mimosas drink that. are elegant. America drinks that. Yeah, well, I drink a mimosa. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I've never been to either of these places, but I'm going to bet you have. Um, Amalfi or Capri? Well... They're facing each other, so... I have no they're idea. They're both... Yeah. I, just, I just read about them in Vanity Fair. Um, oh, God. <laughs> uh, well, my my grandfather for years was the mayor of Capri because he... Figuratively speaking. Sort of. So, because he was in World War II as a young soldier and literally protected Capri from being bombed wow. with his squadron. So that's huge history for me and my family. That's amazing. So Capri. And then the Amalfi Coast uh, is where my grandfather and my grandmother got together and got pregnant from my mother, who was the eldest in our wow. family. So there's really a lot of history in both. And I was just in Positano doing an Italian, um, Jad in Italy show. So I would say that ah, it's a tie. I'm, I can't I'm gonna, decide. I'm going to let you start that one. The stories were so good. Okay. All right. Last question. I think this is going to be easy. Butter or olive oil? Oh, Maybe it's olive not easy. Oil, yeah. But I will tell you that a great vodka sauce I finish with butter only. Yes. And sometimes... I make my frittatas with butter instead of oh, olive oil. Yes. Cheater. Good to yes. know. All right, everyone, thank you very much. Jada De Laurentiis. Thank you, thank you. This podcast has been brought to you by Bell Cushing and Carrie Polis, with editing by Muj Zaidi and additional help from Christina Che and Lily Sermon. Our theme music is by Valerie and the Greedies. We have new episodes every Wednesday. And if you want to tell us anything about this or any episode, please email us at bonappetitfoodcast at gmail.com. 